Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Chris Geis. So, you want to ride a motorcycle better, faster, safer, with more skill and confidence? Or do you want to ride a motorcycle for the first time? Or ride again after taking a break from riding? Well, the purpose of my podcast is to help grow the sport of motorcycling by helping riders of all levels, whether they are new to motorcycling or not, increase their knowledge and skills so that they are better, smarter, safer riders and are getting everything they want out of motorcycling, whether it's on the street, on the track, or maybe even as a fan or a participant in some form of motorcycle racing. My game is to help all motorcyclists up their game. This is episode 55 titled Break Free, the smart brake light for your helmet. In this episode, I have a great discussion with Alex, Henry, and Ian, the founders of BreakFree. BreakFree's first product, which they describe as the smart brake light for your helmet, is a device that easily mounts to the back of your helmet and provides a third brake light similar to the ones you see on all cars today. BreakFree requires no external wiring and has built-in circuitry to sense when you are light braking, hard braking, engine braking, and so on. The goal is to make you more visible on the road and to help avoid one of the most common accidents for motorcyclists being hit from behind by another vehicle. I am a break-free customer myself and was backer number 646 for the Indiegogo campaign that they started to fund development of the product. We talk about how the idea for break-free came about, what was involved in developing the product and getting it perfected, what each member of the team has contributed to the product, and lots of other motorcycle topics. This episode was recorded as a live video shown using Facebook Live. So if you prefer, you can check out the video on my Facebook page, So You Want to Ride a Motorcycle. Stay tuned as I will be doing as many of these podcast recordings as possible using Facebook Live, usually on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and I will, of course, continue to make the audio portion available via this podcast. This episode was recorded on Wednesday, July 29th, 2020, and is being published on Saturday, August 29th, 2020. I hope you enjoy it. Please remember that I love getting feedback from listeners, so when you're done listening, please message me on Facebook or Instagram or email me at soyouwantaride at yahoo.com and let me know what you thought of this episode. Anything you want to share with me will be a tremendous help and greatly appreciated. So, you want to ride a motorcycle? Well, you've come to the right place, because this is the So You Want to Ride a Motorcycle podcast. All right, three, two, one. And with any luck, we are now on streaming on Facebook Live. So hello, everyone. My name is Chris Geis. I'm host of the So You Want to Ride a, Ride a Motorcycle podcast. This is episode 55, and I am here tonight with Alex, Henry, and Ian, founders of BreakFree, which has a really cool product called BreakFree, the smart brake light for your helmet. So, hey, gentlemen, how's it going? Going great. Good, cool. Glad, glad to have you on tonight. So, um, you know, I started this, this podcast about a year and a half ago because I wanted to do what I can to get more people into the sport. Uh, it's since expanded beyond that. You know, Alex and I were talking a little bit last night, basically, in addition to that, I'm doing what I can to just educate people who already ride about cool products and gear that's on the market, you know, maybe training that they haven't done yet, things they haven't tried, you know, like if they haven't done track days and things of that sort. So I thought maybe we could kind of start off by just talking a little bit about the experience you guys have as, as motorcyclists. So uh, if you want to, Alex, maybe if you want to start off and just kind of, you know, how long you've been riding and good opportunity to show off uh, pictures of that beautiful bike you picked up recently. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been riding for a little bit over 10 years, but I probably have the least experience in terms of our team here just because I've been riding kind of on and off. I've got a family, um, so not riding as much as I want to. I definitely did pick up a new motorcycle recently, which I'm super excited about. I've never had a new motorcycle before. I uh, picked up a 2019 Triumph Street Triple RS 2019. It's uh, it's amazing. I've, uh, I just love that bike. I love that bike so much. Um, in terms of riding, I've just mainly been commuting to school, um, riding some twisties when I was living in California. I recently moved to Colorado, so I'm still yet to explore a lot of the stuff that's out here. Uh, it's kind of perfect, but haven't had a whole lot of chances to ride yet. But you know, this year I've already put on probably 
plus a thousand miles on my triumph. Oh, nice. So, yeah, good times. Cool. Yeah, I, I know you mentioned you're kind of looking at the possibility of doing track days and stuff, and I've gotten to be pretty friendly with one of the Moto America racers that lives in Colorado. So maybe I'll hook you guys up, and he can uh, he can he can show you, show you the ropes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I've never been to a track day. I know that you and Henry have been. I don't want to. Yeah, I've I've only done a couple, but yeah, Henry, maybe if you want to give give your uh, motorcycling resume. Sure. Yeah, I started probably about seven seven eight years ago. My first bike. Uh, I was joining the whole uh, Yamaha uh, uh, MP07, uh, nice. FZ07 in Stateside craze. Yep. Uh, so that was uh, I, I didn't want to start out with a smaller 300cc bike and then jump up. I hear people outgrow that fairly quickly, so I just went straight yeah. to the 700, um, which was a good choice. I had that bike for about probably two years before I got the itch to to upgrade. Um, I traded it in for a, a Ducati Monster. Uh, oh, used- nice. 2014 Beautiful. Monster 1200S, so just kind of straight went into the leader bike section, and uh, definitely quite scary on the ride home when I first got the bike. You know, stay, uh, you know, really feathering the the, the throttle and everything. Yeah. Um, it was a great street bike. You know, I rode it around, rode it to work every day. Um, uh, but you know, eventually, I didn't think it was really that great of a track bike. Uh, so I was looking for something that to take to the track. So. I, actually landed on a uh, R6, a really good deal on the R6. Uh, a gentleman uh, had a uh, had a barely used 500 miles on the on odometer R6, and then uh, he had to sell it because uh, he had crashed his race bike, and then they just had a baby, and it's mm-hmm. a whole issue. So uh, the wife was gave him an ultimatum. So uh, his, his, uh, <laughs> if you're watching this, thank you for that, uh, that, that opportunity. <laughs> um, but yeah, so got the R6 and it's, it's amazing. And That's it's awesome. just razor sharp. You point it where you want to go and it goes. And uh, took that to, to the track and have been pretty hooked. I think I'm going to be doing, trying to do a couple of more track days. But with the pandemic, things have been shut down and they're kind of just turning up back up yeah. again. So yeah. I think I'll be trying to get out there in, in August and September. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah, tra- track days wise, like I go up to a track upstate New York, New York Safety Track. I've been out there three times, and they opened up. I guess it was beginning of June, something like that. So they they, they started going. I think things have loosened up a little quicker here in New York. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that, that's been a ton of fun. What uh, what track what track or tracks have you been to? Uh, I've been to a few, both car and motorcycle. But uh, the one with R six was uh, Thunder Hill East, uh, okay. so three mile track long swoopy turns I and mean, yeah, just nice. perfect perfect for the motorcycle yeah my my buddy rich does a podcast uh the uh, loud pipes and he's got an r6 that he uses for his it's basically set up just as his track bike now so yeah he, he loves it he said it's a ton of fun nice yeah so how, how about you ian what's your motorcycle uh, background i uh i grew up on bikes uh riding dirt bikes in the fields of uh, upstate new york i heard you just say you're uh yeah as well yeah yeah yeah, so I grew up in, you know, small town New York, obviously small enough to have farm fields and all kinds of crazy stuff that we could ride dirt bikes in. Then I kind of transitioned into street bikes after that. I, I was one of those dumb ones that got uh, a leader bike at 18. I've been riding dirt bikes you know, since I was 10, so it wasn't, I mean, it was yeah. certainly a jump, but it wasn't as crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, yeah, that was 10. I'm 34 now, so that's 25. 24 years of riding, wow. something like that. Nice. Got uh, a couple dirt bikes. I've got a RC8 kind of street bike. Um, I just picked up a track bike as well. Okay. Um, kind of took the RC8 to the track and realized uh, it's a little bit too spendy to be chucking down the road, and I'm probably not uh, a good enough rider to be manhandling that thing. So I got okay. a uh, just kind of a you know easy, let's say a beater, but you know, full glass and all the, uh, the race gear, uh, G6R 750. Oh, nice. A little more, uh, a little bit more sane, a little bit easier to find parts for if you, if you chuck it. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, go to the, the, a garage the, full of bikes and dumb stuff. Nice. Cool. Garage full of toys. That's awesome. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, the RC eight, that's KTM. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah their, like that uh, was, that's their race bike kind of like their sport, first foray into, uh, into the big bikes. Yeah. They don't, uh, yeah. they kind of don't do the big sport bike anymore. Now it's the, you know, the super Duke and the yeah. other stuff, but I also ended up working for them um, for years. So that was kind of that bike in particular was close to my heart. So okay, wow. pick one. Up. 
Yeah, I don't know if you guys follow MotoGP at all, but uh, you know KTM's yeah. giving it a go there, and it seems actually this season they're they're, they're doing halfway decent. So yeah, that's, that's certainly better cool. than last year. That's yeah. pretty cool. Got some hot shoes. Yeah, cool, yeah. cool. So uh, all right, so with that, just kind of the background you guys have in motorcycling and whatnot, it's like, I guess is a good segue into Break Free, like the product itself. So what's the genesis? Like how how did how did it come about? You know, who first had the idea? Like and and when? Like when did you guys come up with the idea? Man, well, I mean, the long story is it started like around 2014 when I was working with an entrepreneur just straight out of college. I was looking for an internship. I um, finished my business degree and like focused in entrepreneurship, really wanted to uh, get into the startup area because we were living in the Bay Area and it seems like everybody had a startup or something cool that they were working on. And uh, from the very beginning, you know, I wanted to really make a product that's something that's useful, something that people really want, something that makes a difference. I wanted to see it from kind of the beginning to seeing it on the store shelf from the idea to its final product. Um, And so I got lucky by getting connected with an entrepreneur who's been doing it for years and years. And uh, he kind of took me under his wing. I was doing uh, marketing research for him as a uh, intern he had an inkling of an idea for what ended up being break free. It was originally a car product that I started researching. We eventually pivoted the idea to the motorcycle side of things because I was a motorcycle rider and I felt like the idea for an extra brake light would definitely benefit the motorcycle world a lot more than a car, which already has plenty of brake lights and is already kind of a steel cage. So you're pretty safe there. So, you know, we went with that um, after the internship ended. Uh, we, I wasn't ready to give up the idea because the entrepreneur wasn't a motorcycle rider. He had no intention of pursuing the product further. And we ended up saying, you know, let's, let's team up, let us enter a business plan competition. Let's see if we can raise a little bit of money for this and see if it, you know, if it sticks, see if there's traction. Uh, we competed in a business plan competition at my university. We ended up taking second place. Nice. You know, got a little bit of money from that, got a little exposure. I uh, got a lot of help from my professors and um, just kept going from there. So that was kind of the beginning of the idea. And then, you know, several years it took us to get through the different iterations, um, tried a few designs that didn't really work out, as you know, probably tell you. Um, we've had something really bulky that didn't look super great and probably wouldn't have worked out. Um, ended up scrapping it completely, ended up just taking what we learned from that process and creating what now is break free. And so in 2017, that's essentially when we took the product to the world, we launched our Indiegogo campaign and, uh, you probably know the rest since you backed us pretty much right from the beginning. Yeah, I don't, that's actually be interesting. I should have, I didn't think of it. I should have looked up like what number I was in the campaign, but, uh, you know, I had mentioned to you, uh, you know, I, I had, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. If you want, if you feel like it, um, you know, uh, I had first heard about you guys on the, when you were first on motorcycles and misfits podcast, you know, I, I started riding back in 2016. So I was like just soaking up podcasts, trying to learn everything I could. Um, and I don't know, I just, it just sounded like a great idea. I was like, wow, that's a, that's a really cool idea. Um, and it was not, you know, it wasn't a ton of money. And I think you had the, like the two for whatever it was. It was like a, a good deal. Like if you buy two, you know, I think it worked, worked out to hundred dollars a piece or something like that. Right. So I was like, my girlfriend, actually, she's the one that got me into writing. That's why I got interested in the first place. So I was like, all right, cool. So let me, let me, let me sign up for two of them. And when they come, they come and we'll, we'll go from there. So, yeah. And it's, uh, I guess I got, I got, we got ours back in April, I think. So, you know, I've had a, had a decent amount of time to, to try them out. Uh, works great. You know, I did a bunch of videos and stuff that I posted on social media and whatever. Uh, lately, I've been doing more track days. I've been having, haven't been riding on the street that much, so I haven't just used it recently. But I've actually got, I've got the uh, extra mount kit and two other helmets, so I just need to get it mounted so I can, you know, use, use whichever helmet depending. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So. You are backer number 646. You backed okay. us on April 12th. All right, that's not too. That's so not too you. bad. That's not too bad. That's how many? Fantastic. How many? How many backers did you have total? We had six hundred forty-seven. No, no. <laughs> we had twenty. Just over twenty-one hundred. Oh wow! Okay. And yeah, 
All right. Very cool. 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 No, it's just funny. I, I go by the nickname old, old man slacker because sometimes I'm like a little slow on getting things done. So. <laughs> oh no, you're definitely ahead it's, of the curve on that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not unusual for me to be like the last one online or whatever. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see any, uh, I don't see any questions just yet. Um, but, um, I mean, I, I, guess, I guess the name is kind of obvious, but where, like, what was, did, did you consider other names first, you know, before you went with Break Free, or was that kind of just the, the obvious one? Um, kind of toiled over it. I, I, I wasn't really 100% on either name. You know, we had a list of names. It was, I can't really remember what they all were, but Break Free was just kind of a play on words since you're not really connecting to the brakes of the motorcycle breaking free from the constraints of your typical safety gear, just kind of a, and I also like that song by queen. I want to break free. So, you know, mm-hmm. okay. that kind of did a lot there. So. Cool. Cool. <laughs> All right. No, no, no copyright infringement though, right? <laughs> um, pretty sure they probably no, no, took yeah. down a YouTube right. video for me. Totally. <laughs> cool. Um, do uh, just to, to give people who watch um, just, an idea if they're not familiar with the product do you want to just show some photos or i actually have mine here i could show it what is, what's your what's your if you got one there that's great yeah, i've so let's got a that. prototype here that i could show okay yeah, actually so hopefully i'll get this for that all right so here's my uh, my built helmet with the unit just mounted on the back actually let me uh let me turn it on all right so it just goes up it goes through like a little power-up phase uh, and then basically that that is the running mode. So it's kind of like it's a Cyclops light, basically like what you have on cars uh, on the back of your helmet, just to give increased visibility. And then let's see if I can get this. If I can stop this thing quick enough, when when you stop, you know, and your engine braking or you're on the brakes or whatever, decelerating, you will see the the unit, you know, light up light up brighter to get people's attention. So uh, yeah, cool cool device, definitely a cool device, and it just comes easily off the off the helmet. So you can just switch it from helmet to helmet, which is great for someone like me. Like I, I've got, I've just got two helmets just because that's really great. Um, you know, I have a dark, I bought this, this one originally when I started riding, which is great for the cool weather. But then when it's really hot, I actually bought a white helmet, which just uh, seems to make the comfort level a little better. So it's nice being able to just switch. Now I have the track helmet, which I'll use on the street also, you know, if I'm doing some spirited riding. So it's nice to be able to switch it back and forth. Yeah, absolutely. You want to show the mount, how it mounts on there? So there's basically, let's see how well people can see it. All right. So there's just basically a plastic trapezoid kind of thing with a little bit of a angled ridge on it. You can see actually the, the 3M sticky tab there. And then uh, basically you've got the matching mate, which, which is upside down. Ah, Justin, you guys. <laughs> so you've got the, the matching indentation, which basically just goes on the back of the helmet and then clips on. It's nice and firm. Uh, it's not going to go anywhere. So, uh, and, and it's actually, it was, it was pretty easy to place. I mean, I, and I, I know actually that was one of the things you guys were looking into early on, you know, in the design, I guess, was remember, you know, you had surveyed what kind of helmets, like what brand helmets do the backers have, I guess. I don't know. Actually, how, how, many, how many helmets did you like, test this against as you were trying to figure out what kind of was the, the, the best shape to accommodate as many helmets as possible? Well, I mean... Yeah, we had, uh, we had 3D scans. Um, you know, we were basically just sitting in, you know, at the time I was living in the Bay as well, so we were at the local motorcycle shop, you know, trying out just things. Going we had down the shelf. 3D printed, you know, different kind of curvatures and different mounts and all that stuff. Obviously, there's, there's a ton of different geometry on the back of helmets, so you know, we kind of found the one that uh, fit the most and kind of, of course, we, you know, Alex surveyed uh, the backers as well to kind of figure out what, what our backers were mostly riding in as well. So, yeah, it was, uh, it's quite the process and there's, there's a ton of things out there. So we, you know, we tried to stumble on the, the option that will fit the most helmets uh, the best way. Yeah. yeah. Were, were there any helmets you ran into that were difficult? There's, yeah, there's always a couple. Um, thankfully, Bell has stopped making it, but they, they had, at one point had a helmet with like a kind of a, a vertical ridge right down the middle of it um, in the back. So that was, that was a difficult one. You know, some of the, some of the track helmets with tons of like arrow features coming yeah. off the back, you'd, yeah. you'd want to go to your local shop and kind of, you know, snap a picture. We've, we get backers all the time to kind of picture, and look at a, Hey, you know, will it fit? Will it fit my lid? Some of them we have experience with, some of them we can just kind of give guidance, but uh, 
luckily most helmets, you know, they're, they're as round as possible. You know, the, the safest shape, if your head's bouncing off the pavement is round, you don't want too many things on the back, you know, kind of catching you and giving you torsion. So most, most helmets are pretty, pretty flat in that area. And that's good for us. Worked out good. Yeah. 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 Cool. So uh, actually, I guess that's kind of a interesting thing to just get into a little bit. Um, what what are the different contributions each of you has made? Do you? I'm sure there's overlap and stuff, but are the kind of areas that each of you has focused on in terms of product development and testing and all that stuff? Well, I mean, so from the beginning, it was me and Ian, as well as my uh, mentor and like earlier co-founder, the person that I mentioned earlier, um, who was kind of I, I did the internship for. So it was the three of us. I found. Ian, just by sheer luck, um, going through different dealerships and interviewing different people that worked in the industry, you know, people, customers, um, people working in the dealership, managers and so forth to try and understand if this is a good idea. Um, I happened to walk into the dealership that Ian was working at at the time. He was just kind of in a transition phase from, uh, he was coming from Europe back to the uh, United States and uh, it was totally, totally luck. And um, we clicked and he understood the idea. And then from that point on, we kind of became a team. Um, so for me, like I'm probably the least technical, least design person. I'm just more of like, let's, let's figure out who I need to bring onto the team to make this product happen. Kind of the glue, essentially, I would say, maybe the product manager, right. um, essentially if, between Ian and I, Ian did the entire design is essentially Ian. Um, I'm sure I helped somewhere in there, but Ian has driven the design of the product. Um, I'm, I'll let Ian talk to the design section of it. And um, Henry then essentially took on the mechanical design of the product, making sure everything fits properly, the you know, waterproof design, all that stuff. Um, we also have a fourth co-founder who's not here on um the podcast, his name is Johan. He is, uh, he's the person that was in charge of creating the algorithm, the technology behind making the break free work completely wirelessly. That was, I've had this idea from the beginning that this product needs to be super simple to use. It shouldn't require a ton of installation, uh, no mechanical skills, really just kind of as simple as possible hide the complexity within the product, make it really simple to use and make it beautiful. So Ian made it beautiful. Johan made it smart. And then Henry made it something that could actually be a physical product that can exist out in the world and, and survive all the things that it needs to do. So that's kind of a high level summary of our contributions. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Cool. Cool. I would like to take a little break here to let you know that this episode is brought to you in part by the following supporters of my podcast. Thumper Club member John Gardner, also known as G4. Parallel Twin Club members Shane Patella and Jerry Vavaro. V-Twin Club member Harley Nemzer from the On the Road Again Motorcycle School. Triple Club member Aaron at The Motorcycle Rider. Inline Four Club members Andrew Goodman, author of the book Shiny Side Up, From First Ride to Fast Rider and Richard Warfield Jr. of R-Dub Studios and the Loud Pipes Podcast, and V4 Club members Robbie Ciccolo Jr., the Moto America Twins Cup racer and N2 Track Day coach, and John Del Vecchio from the Street Skills LLC Motorcycle Riding School and author of the book and online course Cornering Confidence. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your support. It is greatly appreciated. If you feel you're getting value from my podcast and you'd like to join these supporters to help grow my podcast and other motorcycle-related content and thus contribute to the growth of the sport of motorcycling, please check out the podcast supporters link on my website. And now, back to the show. So, Ian, maybe if you want to just talk a little bit about that, that whole kind of design process that you went through, how, how, how long a period was it kind of from... You know, when it's like, okay, so Alex says, like, here's the kind of thing we want to do. And then, yep. I don't know, like having the first working prototype. I'm, I'm imagining there was there was some uh, late nights and, yeah, and whatnot no, involved. Sure. Maybe a lot of caffeine. Yeah, no, tons of late nights, tons of caffeine. Um, yeah, I mean, we started, you know, super simply with, you know, if you on the uh, Indiegogo site, you'll see kind of me in a T-shirt with a 
a box kind of duct taped to my bike and a wire running to my head, you know, we're kind of figuring out, you know, with Johan, the algorithm and how the math is all going to work. And, you know, can we get this thing to work? Um, we went through a couple of iterative processes of how we're going to kind of package the lights and get them to be as bright as we want. Um, if you're familiar with, you know, most car lights, you're going to know that there's, you know, there's a diode and there's a big reflector, which kind of gives yeah. you a big stack up. Um, so, that was, you know, one of the paths that we were kind of advised to go down initially with a lighting designer who uh, was kind of like, this is this is the way you're going to have to go if you need the brightness or if, you, if you're going to get the brightness you want. So, you know, we tried it out for a little bit. It ended up just being this gigantic thing that uh, became over complex and just unattractive. So we kind of like went back to the drawing board, um, you know, kind of pinpointed some new technology, pinpointed, you know, we can use this board size, we can use these type of lights, we can use this battery and kind of put the Lego pieces together, um, let's say put the guts together first. And then, you know, I did my best job to kind of package them in a way that, you know, fits as, as tightly and nicely, you know, you obviously have to think of the look as well as aerodynamics. You don't want, you know, stuff hanging off the side and catching, you know, weird whistles or anything. You want to keep everything behind that kind of air layer that, you know, goes around your head and detaches a little bit behind kind of the apex of where it starts to wrap around. So, yeah, lots of lots of different designs, lots of you know 3D prints and testing and messing around with that stuff. But you know, that's yeah. that's my yeah. day job. I that's do great. motorcycle design most of the time. This is you know a smaller okay. product, obviously, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, uh, Did, I um, could share a screen and show you what it used to look like. Yeah, definitely. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, so this is it right here. You can see oh, wow. it. I mean, this is kind of the idea behind it. It ended up being a lot bulkier because uh, our lighting consultant designer person was essentially he's designed brake lights for a living. So to him, you know, you have to meet, meet like the center high mount standard for lighting. So you have to have certain light throw and all this stuff. But essentially, it just made the product really bulky and uh, kind of unattractive and really hard to design. So as you can see, like it had like forward lights, back lights, all this stuff. So that's that's very cool looking. <laughs> it was cool in concept, but then when we actually went through and created the prototype out of uh, the design that we created, it was just this big yeah. thing. Yeah, too much stuff to package and mm-hmm. just intrusive. Yeah, gotcha, yep. gotcha. Yeah, so so Ian, you you know, you were mentioning having to you know design the thing and, and size it in a way that it would not, you know, interrupt with airflow and, and cause excessive noise and whatever. Did, did you guys do like any wind tunnel testing or just kind of like um, go, go out and, and go out and ride with the thing on the back of your helmet or yeah, lots of that. I, uh, I may or may not have uh, stuck it into a wind tunnel as part of my other day job. Understood. Uh, kind of, okay. uh, yeah. Those, those things, those things never happen. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to talk too much about that. But yes, it's we've got lots of testing that way. It's 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 basically just about getting the shape small enough that you know at a certain point the air is going to detach and kind of start doing vortexes. So you just want to get it out of that that first stream. Um, so the original design didn't. That was you know that was way too big. It was it was sitting right in that like you know just first air stream. So we kind of packaged it. There's a balance, you know, because we didn't want to make it so small that, you know, you can't see it. So it's kind of like, how can you get the biggest footprint that stays inside that pocket and have it be as flat as possible? So it's, you know, it's not too bulky on the back of the helmet and it still kind of looks sleek and all that good stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's an interesting thing, I guess. I, I mean, I do software design. I've never done, you know, other than tinkering with stuff as a kid, you know, I've never done much mechanical or like physical design, but there's always like those trade offs, you know. It's like yeah. you want to do this, but yeah, we don't have the time or whatever, or you don't have the technology yet. So, yep. yeah, and that's yeah. you know part of like having Henry on board. Obviously, he understands the the manufacturing side a lot better than I do, so we can kind of like bounce back and forth. And you know, once we had him on board, it really started to you know to really snowball and go fast, and felt like we were doing something because you know you could just get those results really quickly. And you know, as soon as I do a sketch, you can talk about the feasibility of manufacturing. And, you know, yeah. Is it realistic? And is it going to hit our targets and all that good stuff? So it was, yeah, it was a fun process once we got rid of that first horrific concept. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thanks um, for second just um, out of curiosity, let me just pull this off here. This may be an unfair question. So you guys can opt out if you don't want to answer it. Um, it like look, looking at the product now compared to, 
you know, like what, what the vision was and where you wanted it to be? Like how, how close did you get? And, and I'm just curious. I mean, that's an awesome product. And that's why I wanted to have you guys on the show. It's why I have them. You know, it's why I, what I'm you know, doing what I can to just make people aware of it. Um, but how, how, how close did you get and how much is left, you know, for future iterations? Yeah, no, it, it is pretty close. I don't know. Do you have the, uh, the final kind of sketches that, uh, that came out of that, Alex? The final sketches. I mean, I have the first sketch that you drew up. Mm. Do you want me to show that one? No, no there was yes. uh, there was some like clean knowledge ones. <laughs> I think the, no, the the big thing was that one of the one of the center lights ended up flipping um, 180 degrees because of kind of how the leads were coming out of it and how the wires kind of attached inside there. But uh, for the most part, it was you know it was pretty close to the uh, the original vision. Obviously, we went through enough iterations to know you know. Had to do it right, though. Third or fourth. I mean, this is the first rendered version oh. that I have of it, okay. so wow. as you can see, it's pretty close. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We had to adjust the curvature a little bit to kind of fit the helmets uh, sure. a little better. Um, we were worried about wind noise and wind not, but yeah. Cool, cool. All right, so so Henry, you want to talk a little bit? I'm I'm sure you had your share of headaches and sleepless nights and, and whatnot, just dealing with the it sounds like you d- did more of the mechanical stuff, right? Like yeah, you know, figuring yeah. out the manufacturing and I guess packaging. Exactly. Was, right? uh, packaging, I didn't do too much, but uh, I designed the kind of the mounting mechanism. Uh, if you go to our Indiegogo campaign, you'll see actually the, uh, the campaign video actually shows it magnetically attaching. So um, we moved away from that due to just, the instability and having two magnets kind of align the, the you know, uh, amount of precision we would require our users to align those magnets. Uh, it just it wasn't feasible for us um, and our light's quite big. So um, I came up with this uh, kind of dovetail snap design that we have, which constrains it in, you know, all directions except for one, which is the, uh, the up. Uh, and that's how you attach and detach the, uh, the light um, and then instead of magnets uh, we went with a snap design so it's just a uh, kind of a cantilever snap feature um, very robust um, no way for it to really get demagnetized or fall off etc so um, and of course we did a lot of testing with that to uh, tune it um, and to figure out uh, the exact force that we kind of want there was some tuning with that in terms of sure. materials we use for the mount uh, and then the cantilever size, et cetera. Um, so alongside that, doing reliability tests once we uh, tool things up, um, we do make this in China, um, and um, me and Alex managed a lot of the, the interactions and, and Ian uh, with, with our, our partner in China. Um, and so it's a lot of hands-on discussions on uh, what materials to use, what... Uh, really manufacturing processes, how it's assembled, um, and just making sure that the quality of the product is uh, tip-top and up to my st- our standards. And once we got the product, um, I, you know, we go through a pretty standard process in consumer electronics of bringing a new product into market. Uh, it's, it's, uh, you go through kind of engineering validation, design validation, and uh, oh, there's a nice little... Nice. Okay, cool. Yeah, these are. Uh, so, oh, I like I like the picture at the bottom right there. Like shows that's what you're talking about, just having the thing taped on the uh, yeah. helmet. Yeah, so these were nice. kind yeah. of initial sketches, early designs. That one that Alex showed you, kind of the final design where we got to. So you can yeah. see that that center light got flipped the upside down just because of how the uh, connections work. But yeah, that, I mean, this is the original prototype. It's a, oh, a wow. bike light on a wire, you know, glued to my bike on a helmet. It was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll make sure in the podcast notes, like I'll share the links to this stuff so people can go check it out. Like if they just listen to the podcast. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This is just me riding around with a sensor taped to my head that's connected to a a, a unit that's running our algorithm and has also had like a, a buzzer that would just beep whenever it determines that it's breaking. So that's how we would find out, okay, like that, that was breaking. We need to it's going off when I'm going around turns. Okay, cool. So let's let's make sure that the centrifugal force is accounted for. That way, we're not mm-hmm. accidentally turning on the light when you're just turning. Um, or th- there was a lot that went into making the algorithm actually smart enough to work on on a motorcycle. It's, right. 
Gotcha. Now, given given the the sensors and things that you have in the device, is, is it fair to say there's still a lot you guys could do in the future, and you know, in terms of features and things of that sort? Yeah, I mean, we've got some ideas for upcoming products, um, things we would like to do with uh, version 2.0, and potentially other products that we want to create. Um, you know, people have mentioned that, you know, they would like to see turn signals being integrated into the product. Um, you know, folks want some ability to control the sensitivity of the brake detection algorithm. So that way, if you ride fairly aggressively, you don't want it to just go off. You know, if you're just banging through the gears, because as you're accelerating, sometimes when you just go like this, like that's technically braking, you know. Right. So to kind of adjust for different riding styles and potentially, you know, more things to, to add on to the product, definitely. Yeah, adjusting brightness and whatnot as well. Yeah. Brightness, different colors, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, the, the product, the way it is now, is, is there, it, is, is it upgradable? Like could, could this unit be software upgraded? Yeah, yeah, the on on the device itself, that part's already developed, and you're able to upgrade the firmware on the device. Okay. What we haven't fully developed is the software side of things for on you know on your PC or Mac, so that mm-hmm. way you can plug in your device and easily just upgrade your firmware. We we have a way for you to do it on Windows, but it's a little bit crude at the moment. So gotcha. that was something that we'll be um, focusing a bit more as soon as we're uh, kind of get through that launch phase of sure. the product okay cool 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 our, our yeah guys. sorry to just to kind of round that question out is like we want it to be a kind of a seamless uh, uh customer experience where the, the the end user didn't have to fidget and with settings or whatnot they open the box charge it turn it on and it just works for majority of the, the users and that's what we see so far we have very little complaints about you know it not working as they expect uh, and you know, you, I, I've seen Chris, you, your, your video of a uh, very, very good video actually of, you Thank know, you. just figuring out, uh, whether or not, uh, the, the, the brake free is working as intended, you know, during engine yeah. braking, during slow braking yeah. and, uh, emergency braking and whatnot. And I, I think your video shows very well that, um, uh, you know, brake free, we, we tuned, we did our homework, we tuned it just so that it, it works in, in a lot of different cases and it's a very robust piece of software yeah. um, so that we don't have to ship this. Of course, in the future, uh, we, we may want to, but maybe I think we may shelve that for, for B2. Right, gotcha. Uh, no, that, that makes sense. And, and the idea of making it, because it, it is an extremely, it's an effective device, it's a, you know, but it is extremely simple to use. I mean, like you said, it is, it's what you guys set out to do, right? It's like you, yes. you, you open the box, you have a template, you figure out, I mean, honestly, the, the most difficult thing, and it wasn't really difficult, but, you know, was, was basically just figuring out, you know, where I wanted to mount this thing, you know, I had all these different options. So I'm like putting the helmet on and tilting my head in the mirror and sitting on the bike and, you know, get my girlfriend to take pictures. But that, that's just, you'd have that with any product. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's just like, stick the mount on wait a couple hours and you know plug it in and then off you go so yeah that's definitely good but the fact that you have that ability in the future that you know to add the capability if people want it you know i'm a gadget guy i love tweaking stuff and playing with gadgets so you know i'll 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 be watching you know when you guys come out with that um do you expect like that that ability to do the software upgrades is that just going to be like free software people can you know download like on mac windows whatever yeah yeah i mean I think we'll, we'll have a free software and that, you know, the software we'll, we'll, we'll probably be sharing with uh, dealerships and other distribution partners. Um, we do have like uh, showroom firmwares that we can have them upload into the, into the brake reads for, for floor units that they can show and tell. So, you know, mm-hmm. one, it doesn't go to sleep and then they can have different patterns um, to, uh, for, for like a show unit. Right. 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 Yeah. So, um, yeah, one of the things I was curious about too is, you know, I'm guessing you guys had to strike balances also in terms of battery use, right? So, 
you, you know, like one of the things I've noticed is like during the daytime and people like even comment to like some of the videos, like in general, the, the, those videos I posted, like the feedback was really good. People are like, wow, that's really cool. Thank you very much. Um, you know, some people have asked, hey, could I do one at night um, just so people could see how it looks at the nighttime? Some people are like, hey, you know, could you have someone follow you in a car to get an idea of what, you know, uh, someone texting, <laughs> like, you know, driving a car, like, you know, what their experience might be. Um, but the, the point I was getting to is one thing I did notice is, you know, in daylight, like riding in the day, in some cases, it might be nice if the, the running intensity was brighter. Now, mm -hmm. I'm guessing that in part was a trade off, like, you know, the brighter that thing is, it's on all the time, the more battery you use up, right? So it's like, right. you know, I, you know, how long is someone going to want to use this thing before having to recharge it and whatever? But it sounds like some point in the future, maybe that could be an adjustable feature, right? Like maybe I can go in, I could say, okay, in my case, you know, I'm going for a two-hour ride and I'd like that to be a little bit brighter. Yeah, right. yeah for sure. Okay. Now we've, we, of course, have to count for, you know, the guys that are doing the, you know, 600-mile day rides. We don't want it kind of, you know, crapping out halfway through, right? So, or the iron uh, butt rides. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the future with, you know, with 24 hours, you know, yeah. Yeah. So we've had a few guys like that as our backers. What's that? We've had a few guys like that as our backers. We've we've oh, uh, we've had them beta test our units and they've put on thousands of miles in a matter of weeks. Mm -hmm. And you know, they, they reported that some of those guys that do like these long hauls where you're maybe not breaking quite as much, you know, you would get more like twelve hours of battery life. Right. You know, because you know, it it varies quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. And you can also, some of them just plug in a uh, little external battery and charge it as you go. Um, similar to what some, some people with Senas and other Bluetooth communicators do for, for long rides, as those mm -hmm. things can also run out of battery life if you're riding for 10 hours, let's say, um, uh, and constantly kind of you know, bantering back and forth. But uh, yeah, so we also have the ability to just be plugged in and operational at the same time. Right. Yeah, and that, that's not a big deal. You just you know, run a wire down your jacket, and you've got a battery in your pocket or something. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or a backpack, or a you know, right. or whatever. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, and it's interesting too. I get I've gotten used to it. like I ride all year round, so I ride in the winter time. I've got like heated jacket and gloves and whatever. So I'm used to dealing with wires. So living <laughs> lap right. an extra wire or two. Oh yeah, it's you got it. You know, when you're riding in the 30s, it's like yeah, it's a little little heated gear is kind of nice. Um, the the other thing I noticed. Like often, like my girlfriend and I, when we ride together, I'll let her lead because she doesn't like having cars running up on the back of her and whatever. So I kind of, you know, play block. Um, she tends to be a pretty gradual breaker, like coming up to stoplights and stuff. And, mm -hmm. and I've noticed that the unit doesn't always come on. You know, like she, I guess she breaks gently enough. It, it just is not hitting the threshold where it comes on. And at first, you know, I was like, well, you know, maybe that's not so good because it's not it's not working. You know, but then I thought about it, and, and you guys could talk a little bit about you know your the main design goals that you wanted to to hit with this. You know, I was thinking about it, going well. Really, to me, I guess the main use of the product is to get people's attention when something's happening quickly, right? So yes. you're, you're you're slowing down gradually. All right, let's not waste the battery to turn to turn the intensity up, right? But you know, I'm doing something. There's a pothole ahead of me. I hit the brakes, and I want the car or whatever behind me to know, hey you know, something changed. Like, like I was kind of actually looking at it going, you could get into that, you know, chicken little, the sky is falling thing or, or the boy that cried wolf, right? If you, if you have the thing intensifying too often, then maybe people behind you stop paying attention to it. So yeah. it was that kind of what factored into the thinking? Yep. Yeah. We've got, you know, kind of the, the emergency braking mode. Um, when you really hit the brakes hard, you get the kind of multiple flashes and, yep. you know, because we have so many different riders, you know, you've got a brand new rider on a Ninja 250 and, you know, some guy that just went out and got an RSV4 and is like mashing through a canyon. You know, we kind of have to like strike that balance. You know, we pushed it kind of more towards the the easier side of things. So, you yeah. know, it, it fits most most riders, but uh, yeah, there's there's always that balance you want to you wanna strike. Yeah. Well, the other point is, is that what we found is that if you made it so sensitive that it would go off for like the super gentle breakers, it would also go off for events that aren't necessarily breaking. So you're kind of sacrificing accuracy for, um, you know, sensitivity. So the more sensitive you make the device, the less accurate it becomes. Right. 
So, you know, that's, that's kind of where we, we set the threshold so that for the vast majority of riders, it will work nearly perfectly every single time. There will be a few people that break so gently that it's just maybe doesn't quite register, but is that really a bad thing? You know? And then even those guys, you know, you're going to capture those like heartbreaking moments where you really want to be, you know, noticed that it's for sure going to go off. Right. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And that, that was the good thing. Like that's what, you know, to, uh, to Henry's point that I demonstrated in the video I did. And it, it was really cool, right? Because I just went out and I was like, okay, let me, let me just say what I'm doing as I do it. And then I'm going to watch the video. And yeah, I, I think there was two, two, two minor things out of whatever, 40, 50 breaking events where, it, you know, it didn't go on, but okay, fine, whatever. Um, but it more, it more or less did what I said. It was actually kind of interesting. It's like I'm heartbreaking and you would see the flashing, you know, the bright yeah. So, yeah, that was, that was, that was, that was pretty cool. Um, this is a quick break to mention the affiliates program for my podcast. If you go to the affiliates page on my website, you'll see the companies that I have partnered with to bring you some of the motorcycle gear and services that I use myself. Not only will you benefit from their products and services, but depending on the product you choose, you may also get a discount. By using these links to make a purchase, you will also be supporting the podcast and my goal to help grow the sport of motorcycling. My affiliate partners are author Andrew Goodman and his book, Shiny Side Up, from first ride to fast rider. Bond Body Armor, which provides excellent armored gear for hot weather conditions that can also be used year-round with the cool weather gear you probably already have. Break Free, makers of the smart brake light for your helmet. Heroic Racing Apparel, designer and manufacturer of high-quality custom and off-the-rack gear for street and track riding, including leather gloves, jackets, track suits, and their armored Kevlar hoodie. Motul, which provides the Slacker digital suspension tuner, which makes it easy for anyone to set the front and rear seg on their motorcycle without needing help from anyone else. And Street Skills LLC, which provides the Cornering Confidence book and online course, which really helped me improve my street riding skills, including the proper use of trail braking. And now, back to the show. Uh, Alex, you had mentioned last night when we were chatting just the MIC contest right that uh you got you want to talk about that a little bit yeah absolutely we um we entered into a business plan competition put on by the motorcycle industry council um those guys are trying to encourage innovation and help startups gain visibility within the industry and give us an opportunity to um, just kind of strut our stuff in front of the vips of the industry so what they did is they put out a call for any startup that's in the power sport industry space to submit there's uh, like a video pitch of their product and answer a bunch of questions for them to be considered to be a part of this uh, pro- uh, project. And then we did our submission. We did our video. Um, I think we've actually published our video as a, uh, on YouTube as well as on our Indiegogo page. If you're interested in checking that out. Um, but we got through to the next round and, once you get through, they uh, pair you up with uh, mentors who then are supposed to help kind of nurture your business plan and idea to fruition to where you're ready to submit your business plan for their judges to kind of go over and um, scrutinize. Um, those guys, once they make their selection, the top five folks that get through, uh, they'll get a chance to present their business plan at AIM Expo 2021 now. It was supposed to be this year in October, right. but yeah. because of COVID, it got moved. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, so for us, that would be incredible. Uh, it would, you know, we've been wanting to rewrite our business plan because we wrote our original business plan for the 2014 business plan competition back at the call. And, and so we were kind of speculating a lot of things of like, well, we're going to do this with the product and then we're going to go do that. So now a lot of that stuff has already happened and then we have to project the future steps. So it's, it, it really aligned with our goals and, and, uh, we've got paired up with an incredible mentor who's uh, been just fantastic in terms of getting our business plan on point, plus just helping open some doors for us as well as just, you know, really, really uh, insightful industry advice that we wouldn't have been able to get otherwise. So, um, yeah, MIC has been uh, very helpful. That's a lot of, they're also like the, the folks that provide a lot of the data that 
uh, we've used in terms of understanding the scope of the industry, how many people are um, buying, what type of bike, where's money going, that kind of stuff. So yeah, MIC is doing a lot of really cool stuff and the person that's uh, organizing um, the business plan competition side of things, she is actually also one of our backers, which is kind of cool. Oh, nice. um, so I was a little worried. I was like, well, you know, oh, she knows how many, she knows how many uh, delays we've had and uh, what kind of issues we've had. So even though we got through, so it, it's been fantastic. Yeah. So the, that, that competition, the business plan competition that the MIC is doing, is that something just this year? No, I, I believe they've, that they've been doing it for a while. I think this is the third potentially year that they've done it. I, I, I don't quite remember. Um, but this is not the first year. Um, oh, and one thing that I forgot to mention is that the, the top five guys get to have a free booth at AIM Expo and then also pitch in front of a room full of VIPs, which is, you know, kind of the exposure that we want. Um, so, yeah. All right. So, okay. So MIC business plan and, and whatever, and, uh, you know, you and I talked a little bit last night, right? I realized this, some things you may want to keep hush hush, totally understood. Um, what can you share about, we talked a little bit about, you know, maybe some features with the break for unit, you know, software that would let people upgrade the firmware and setting parameters and stuff. What, what else are you guys thinking with for the future, you know, that, that people could look forward to either, you know, significant changes to break free or new products you're thinking about. You call that Henry take that one. I think actually the, the first one we're a small kind of thing is, you know, we talked a little bit about the mounts. Um, we're, you know, we're trying to look into some more kind of options for mounts, um, you know, just for those helmets that are a little bit oddball and, you know, have some odd geometry at the back. Cause you know, we don't want people to be in the market, you know, like the product and, you know, have to not purchase it because of a helmet. Right. And, you know, you're not going to spend $600 on a different helmet just cause it fits our product. Right. So we want to, yeah. we want to accommodate everybody. And, you know, give some different options. Um, so that's kind of the, the next little project on the horizon is yeah. just getting to fit more people. So to add to that, I mean, actually one of the helmets that we have problems with is uh, NEXX um, kind of 14, I believe it's called. Um, it's so most helmets will have this nice uh, like round. rounded shape, right? But uh, with the NEX helmet, it's actually uh, a concave. It's oh, okay. the other way. And it's scalloped in three sections. So our mount is for majority of the helmets, the rounded helmets. Uh, so when uh, people try to mount the mount to the concave uh, profile, it you know the adhesive doesn't touch in all the areas, so it doesn't uh, adhere very well. Um, we actually had a, a backer, uh, Jerry, rig his own uh, uh, mounting solution and just kind of MacGyvered it with uh, some Velcro. Uh, at the four corners, and then uh, it, it works perfectly fine. And uh, he sent me some pictures, sent, uh, and it, it totally holds up. So there's definitely people that just can't wait for us to come out with a solution. So they, they did it themselves, right. uh, which, you know, bravo to them. Uh, yeah. But we're definitely working on, on a general solution that will you know, kind of uh, apply this and try to uh, help that, that small corner of the helmet segment that we are currently missing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. The other thing was going to be like, you know, what we've already kind of touched on a little bit before is the app companion app for break free, something that you could use to upgrade the firmware on the break free 1.0 and potential other products would integrate with it wirelessly. Uh, as well as there's a few other features that we would like to add to our product as well. Like I mentioned, turn signals, um, we want to integrate that, um, a couple of different possibilities and ways we can do that. Um, one option would be to kind of have a module that you would optionally install into the bike that would sync up with the turn signals on the bike that way. Um, another part that's already, you know, part of our patent is, you know, kind of using head gestures to activate turn signals. But again, um, the accuracy of that might be affected by the, you know, so we might not go that route completely, potentially integrating with uh, GPS and things like that. Um, but yeah, we've had a few products on, on, on our product map. Uh, we're looking at also 
offering this product in other areas where additional lighting and the use of uh, a wireless brake light would be uh, a benefit, you know, for example, like the bicycle side of things or, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the emerging kind of like last mile um, travel with like e-scooters and skateboards, things like that. So that's kind of what we're, where we're looking as well. Yeah. Yeah. And also some of the snowmobile markets, um, it would require us to be more, compliant for colder climates um so there's definitely some work to, to be done there uh and as well as testing to just uh make sure that uh you know lithium-ion batteries which we currently use are not not very cold friendly um yeah. and it's it's something that that needs to be solved and uh you know it can be solved but it's most likely at the sacrifice of battery life uh, sure. so it's a uh, you know it, it, we've actually gotten a lot of interest in the snowmobile market. Oh, cool. uh, yeah. They, they, you know, similar helmets right. uh, stick on the back, their brake lights, you know, when they're in powder, their brake lights are basically not visible because all that kickback right. blocks it. And so they, they really need something um, uh, to be visible on, on a higher point of, of the rider. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, speak, speaking of the cold and stuff, you know, being that I do do ride in the cold weather, just out of curiosity, like how how long do you think the battery would last in say you know mid mid to upper thirties? Um, about zero degrees Celsius, so about thirty two Fahrenheit. Right, that's uh, you're gonna if you're hovering around there, uh, anything above, you're gonna be fine. Uh, around zero degrees Celsius, you're gonna see probably about a ten percent capacity drop. Oh, that's uh, yeah, so it's it's not not terrible, but it does start to degrade as you get into the negative twenty C, negative thirty C. Like, okay. yeah. No, my 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 guess is my my desire to be in the cold would wear down before the battery did. So that's <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We have that working working for us. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, how uh, how many units do you guys have out there now? You know, out, out on the road. Can you can you estimate? Um. Probably around twenty five hundred to three thousand units, I would say. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And then, um, I mean, obviously, you know, millions, I guess, is the answer. But what's what's your as you look at your your yeah as you look at your as you as you look at your business plan and and how quickly you can grow things like what like what's your goal I guess for next year like how many how many units do you guys think you can get out in like twenty twenty one What's millions millions. Yeah. Okay. Millions and millions. Well, I mean, the yeah. goal is to you know get it out there to as many people as possible. I mean, this is as much as it is a business. It's something that you know started out of a passion for writing and uh, wanted to kind of contribute in a meaningful way. So we want to make sure that writers out there are safe. So you know, our our goal is to get it onto as many helmets as possible. Um, so even if it's not motorcycle helmets, also you know that that too. Um, so yeah, the answer is millions or billions. Yeah, I mean, we are we are actually bringing on a, a new member to our team. Uh, to um, it's not fully signed and sealed, but we're trying to get a new member onto our team to handle some of the marketing and sales. Um, so we're we're expanding the team to kind of take this on, and uh, we also have some kind of uh, strategic exposure coming up uh, in in, uh, in the fall uh, that will definitely help our cause. Um, so yeah, we we are very uh, optimistic on the future, despite what the pandemic and everything is saying. Uh, we do see uh, through our you know uh, channel sources that uh, the the pandemic has actually not hindered the power sport industry too much. Right. A lot of people are looking to motorcycling and uh, kind of two wheel sports as as a way to get out and have fun and and, uh, and escape some of the the sheltering place that's happening. So the sales for motorcycles and dirt bikes and ATVs and whatnot have, uh, you know, last mile mobility have gone, gone up. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I think uh, we, we are in a good position to take advantage of it. Yeah. It, it, that's kind of been like the silver lining or a silver lining in this whole COVID thing is I was recently talking to and, and two track days and, you know, they had commented the same thing that basically for a lot of dealers, you know, sales are up you know, in, in the spring and, and June and whatnot. And, and, and now, you know, in the summer, because, you know, people, I guess people who have thought of riding a motorcycle or whatever, it's like, you know, one, it's a great way to social distance. Right. And also, you know, I think people look at it and go, well, you know, 
you know, life is not forever necessarily. So let me go do this thing I've been wanting to do. So that's, that's, that's kind of interesting. When, uh, when is the IPO going to be? So I can get ready. <laughs> I don't think we're going to go IPO. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Keep it all to yourselves. That's fine. <laughs> that's that's um, a lot more headaches we're not prepared for. Yeah. Oh, I, no, I, I understand that. But every, everything in time, you know, if you, if you do that, you do it. It'd be really cool. Um, just so, so people who watch the video and on, they'll have links in the podcast notes. No. So th- this is one of three models, basically color variations that are available. So that, that, what do you call that one? Again? I'm going to cut you off. We did offer three colors during our Indiegogo campaign, okay. but we're currently offering just the one that Alex has up, the gotcha. okay. all black version. Um, uh, from it, it, we, we probably will bring back another colorway down the mm-hmm. road. Um, you know, we're yeah, going to production. Our, yeah. Well, we'll see gauging our interest, but what we found during our campaign is that majority, you know, 80 plus percent right. of them both went with the black version and gotcha. uh, okay. in terms of like logistics and stock inventory and uh, all of that, it, it made, you know, you know, we're a small company, funds are tight, especially with the pandemic. So it just yeah. makes sense for us to, 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 to uh, not, diverge too much with sure no that's what I'm all right so, so I, have a, as, I have a limited edition is what you're saying there you yeah. go yeah, <laughs> yes, you do. special <laughs> edition exactly now, I, f- I found a way to help fund the podcast maybe i'll auction it off or something <laughs> uh, yeah go. it's interesting because my girlfriend went with the black one like she she preferred that one so and that, that, yeah. that, that, that's sharp looking so yeah no, that, that that totally makes sense that's cool that's cool um anything uh, else you guys wanted to go over or touch upon that we we haven't yet before we we wind it down oh um, i mean <laughs> You've got uh, you've got a podcast for you know for new writers. It's it's great to, to link up. I mean, check out check out our website. Check out the videos. We can you know we can talk about stuff and kind of hand wave. But you know a lot of this is kind of there's some imagery, there's some videos, and it makes sense to just kind of check out the website and see what everything's all about. If you're a new writer, you know you're you're new, you're figuring stuff out. It's the more safety gear you have, the better. So absolutely, <laughs> yeah, definitely, it, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah, and um, me, Alex, Ian, we're all kind of monitoring our, our kind of uh, communication flows, which is uh, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, email, uh, or if you just go to our website, there's a little pop-up that you, you can chat through as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're in the area, I'm in San Francisco, uh, Alex is in, in the Denver area, uh, and uh, Ian is in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. So if you're, if you're around us, or if you're not and just have questions, uh, hit us up on any of those yeah. social media platforms and uh, we'll be able, happy to chat about, you know, writing, equipment, anything really. And uh, and then give you a demo, really. Social distance, of course. Yeah. Uh, oh, course, if, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Interested. Yeah. That's awesome. Good. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And like I said, I'll put all the, the links and stuff to your social media and the website and the Indiegogo campaign and the podcast notes. You know, people will be able to find it easily. Um, and, and also, so I wanted to, to mention that, uh, so I have you guys on board as my latest affiliate. So I think that's really cool. Thank you very much. So for anyone who is watching or listening, you know, so, so as you know, I, I am a customer, I'm a firm believer in the product and, uh, you know, I want to help make it available to other people. So if you go to, so you want to ride a motorcycle.com, there's an affiliates link there and break free is the, the top affiliate listed. So if you guys use that link, not only will you save $10 on your purchase, but uh, $10 is going to go to help support the podcast and you know what I'm doing to, to just help bring more people into the the sport of motorcycling so uh yes thank you guys for that thanks for setting that up alex appreciate it absolutely our pleasure anything yeah. to help cool, cool, cool and uh yeah if you guys have questions or anything you know you know where to, to find me so you want to ride at yahoo.com definitely reach out to these guys it sounds like they're more than willing to help out and, and answer questions and whatnot so uh any uh any closing notes comments well, well, thanks for having us oh, absolutely. yeah absolutely that thanks for having us thanks to all of our backers that made yeah. this product possible i mean it's been a long long journey and we're finally on the market and you know it's all thanks to many many people that have supported us over the years to uh bring this product to life so yeah huge thanks, thanks to you 
Cool. It's actually interesting. This is the only like campaign like this I've ever done, you know, supported. And it was a ton of fun just being involved from the beginning or fairly in the beginning. Uh, and, and just, you know, seeing you guys were really good with the posts and communicating with everyone, the backers and what was going on. And although it's obvious, I missed a lot of stuff because it was, it's been actually really educational for me just looking at some of the things you guys you know showed from the website. But yeah, it was really cool to just kind of follow along with the development of a product like this. So thank you guys for what you're doing for the motorcycle industry and motorcycle safety and uh if, if you want to hang tight we'll just uh shut down the live stream and uh maybe we'll chat a little bit sounds good all Thanks right a lot. good night everyone if you'd like to find out more about my podcast or find the earlier podcast episodes just point your web browser to so you want to ride a motorcycle.com or find the link in the show notes included with this episode in your podcast app If you have any questions about the show or the topics discussed, or if you want to send me feedback, you can email me anytime at soyouwantaride at yahoo.com. That address is also in the podcast notes. You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram, where I share lots of links to other people's motorcycle articles and video content, as well as providing a lot of my own motorcycle-related photos and content. Just search for So You Want to Ride or find the links on my website or, again, in the podcast notes. There are two big ways you can help support the show. One is free and one is paid. If you'd like to help support the podcast financially, you can donate using PayPal by going to paypal.me slash Christopher or just click the donate link at the upper right on my website. I also now have a podcast supporters page on the website, which lists all of the listeners who are supporting the podcast. Total donations of $5 to $9 will make you a member of the Thupper Club, where I'll list your name and any social media links that you want to provide. Donations of $10 and up will make you a member of one of the other clubs where I'll include your photo and biography as well as any links you want to provide. Any commercial organization that would like to support the podcast to help promote their products and services can contact me directly for the available options. All donations will be put to very good use to cover operating expenses and to help promote and expand the podcast. Anything you care to donate will be greatly appreciated. The free way to help is just help me spread the word so we can continue to grow my online and listener communities. So please share the link to my podcast and my social media with family, friends, and coworkers. And also, please leave me a rating and some comments on iTunes and any other place where you can leave feedback or mention the show. As always, thank you for listening. And just remember, whatever you do, it's always time to ride. (laughs) 